They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, when I start these shows, I like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons, which are growing significantly. So thank you all so much. Um, you know, as, as I've told you all before, I put the majority of my content, at least my podcasts all out for free. There is content that I've started doing that I try to make patron exclusive either for a period of time or in general, but I try not to do a ton of that, but also time is money and things cost money. So those of you that are able to support me a bit, it's just going to keep me positive and keep me being able to do this stuff because you know, like all of us, I have a family and I have other things to do. And while this is great therapy for me and a lot of fun talking to people, um, you know, I have a 70 hour a week job on top of this. So um, any little bit counts. So we have Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, and Little Nikki. Thank you all for your support um, in the past and continued. My newest patrons, I like to shout these guys out too, because in the last week I've gotten a ton more. Um, Andrew Krause, Seth Comfort, Little Nikki, Rita Peterson, Adam Stewart, Jessica Luker, Elana Navis, Ryan Kashmir, and Mike Ellison. Again, thank you all so much. Um, and for those that aren't patrons of mine yet, that's patreon.com slash the chip. It is not required, but it is very much appreciated. I am dropping a new show that you've probably seen the theme song trailer for this made the chippa. It's, um, a show, you know, you've got the chippa made this, the idea of the show is, uh, I was sitting down doing some recordings for my brother, uh, movie Bob on the escapist while he was sick. People really seem to like hearing my voice. I have never thought of doing like a video style, like clip show um, with me talking, but um, the inspiration came from Matt. So I came up with something that kind of falls into my wheelhouse and I hope you all like it. The first episode is going to be either have aired or will be airing very soon after this podcast releases and to support it. Um, I have created a $2 Patreon tier. So for those of you that are in the $1, um, you know, you're going to have to upgrade to that $2 Patreon tier to get access to this show after the first episode. Um, the first episode is going to be for everybody. The reason I'm doing that is because Patreon takes almost half of that dollar when you guys put a dollar in. So um, I just want to give a little bit more incentive to boost my numbers a little bit because I have a ton of money invested in this show and a ton of time, and I can't wait. And normally I say that this show is brought to you by somebody, um, but I feel like in the uh, vein of what has happened today, it's outside of promoting myself, which, you know, it's my show and I'm going to, instead of promoting somebody else, I want to give a um, thoughts and strength out to the family and friends of Chadwick Boseman. Um, Chadwick Boseman, as those of you listening might know or hopefully know, was T'Challa, the Black Panther um, in the Marvel movies. Turns out for the entire time he was making those films, he's been battling stage three colon cancer. And he passed away today at the age of 43 and no one really knew he was sick. 
Um, this is devastating for the film community, devastating because he was uh, seemed to be a wonderful human being. And um, we lost a talent way too young. And um, with that, um, you know, couldn't do a podcast without noting that. I'm honored to be joined by a longtime Twitter friend and recorder from an episode of Film Rescue. Paresh, um, please introduce yourself to the internet. Hello, all you kings, queens, and those in between. I am Paresh Maharaj, and I am the a relatively newcomer to the podcasting community. I recently started a new podcast with my cousin. He goes by Black Belt on the internet called uh, Busted Limes. It's just me and my cousin and the occasional guest just bringing a West Indian perspective to all things nerdy, be it movies, anime, TV shows, what have you. So if you want to know what that, uh, where I got the title from, you could... I explain it in one of my little mini-sodes that I like to sprinkle throughout my show. So we're available wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, we'd really appreciate it if you could just uh, uh, give us a give us a check us out. That's How'd awesome. That, how was that? <laughs> no, that's perfect. I was going to say, so I didn't get a chance to ask you but before we met up here. Um, you know, when, when did you start? Oh, so I actually started... Um, Around the end of last year, we started out on SoundCloud, actually, because that was the only real platform that I that I had heard of at the time. And of course, nowadays, I back then I had underestimated like just how much of a punchline that SoundCloud actually was. So um, once once I realized that SoundCloud and again, this is no offense to anyone who uses that platform, but it just wasn't for me. Um. I felt like I was paying a little too much just for what they offered. So $12, $12 a month, and it, um, you, you, yeah, first off, you had to pay $12 a month just to upload um, an unlimited, uh, well, to get unlimited uploads, you had to pay $12 a month. And that just, yep. yeah, yeah. Eventually, long story short, I, um, I eventually migrated off of SoundCloud and I made it into onto Podbean, where for, 10 bucks a month it automatically publishes to twitter facebook uh, apple Podcasts, any kind of any kind of platform that you could uh, link your podcast to so that's the platform i've been using ever since and um i have a whole list of ideas with that's constantly growing and my most recent episode was uh, if i could just brag on myself a little bit here it was and that's uh, that's part of part of why you're here man this is oh, all about oh. sharing the wealth <laughs> Oh, yes, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, um, I'm actually thinking about setting up a Patreon eventually, but that's long term. But uh, for as for now, my most recent episode was um, recorded, edited, and published all in one day. The intro and everything. And it was just me and my buddy, uh, Space Song. We were uh, recapping the recent uh, DC fandom. Yes, awesome. Oh my god. So uh, how about how about you and I talk about that? Since you seem that seems like something that's up your alley. Oh no, that having... that'd, be, that'd be great, and that, that's a good aside. And I just wanted to make sure too that I didn't hog all the air. Is there anything you wanted to say about um, Chadwick? Because that's, I mean, we're coming off of like an hour ago. This went down, right? Yeah. So this... Oh my gosh. Um. Well, first off, fuck cancer. 
Yes, I absolutely. Get. Speaking as someone who has lost, um, well, I, I lost my uh, preschool teacher to uh, cancer, and um, oh, my uncle is a yeah, and my and my uncle is a survivor. So, but he kind of he kind of I saw the toll that chemo took on him and what it took to actually survive it, and so. Yeah, it's um just and one th- the ref- common refrain that I'm seeing is that people um couldn't tell that what he was going through and they only saw that he looked how tired he looked and it's just um just get well in the spirit of uh Bill and Ted, the third Bill and Ted movie uh coming out today um just be excellent to each other and like yeah especially especially now yeah I mean we're, yeah. we're... We've been cut off from people for so long right now that when you think about, I mean, you could have had a family member that, you know, wasn't affected by COVID or a friend that you didn't get to see. And they could have been having a battle like that that you just didn't know about, you know, exactly. and that blows exactly. that, that blows my mind. Um, my my wife's mother um, had kidney cancer that spread to her lungs <sighs> and. And she passed away. She left our house. And again, we knew, we knew that she was fighting. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, she, but, but she left, she left our house after having like, you know, a hard day, like breathing, but like was still out doing stuff, you know, wasn't like, you know, hospital bound or anything went into Mm -hmm. the hospital. And three days later, we didn't have her anymore, you know? And, and (sighs) that, and that was, eight years ago now um so my kids mm-hmm. haven't my, my kids didn't have a grandmother you know what i mean um and it's 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 just completely bonkers to think about like you said you know we, we were finding out that i mean he's had this diagnosis since late 2015 2016 mm-hmm. his entire time being the black panther he has spent battling stage three colon cancer yeah, and not just Black Panther, but he has and been... everything else. I just I'm, yeah. I, I use that as a yeah. gauge of like oh, yeah, of obviously time. yeah yeah yeah. But yeah. oh my, Jackie Rob, that Jackie Robinson movie was incredible. Oh my god, right? It it was. Let me talk about that for a second because mm. from the trailers, it seemed like Harrison Ford character was just going to be a white savior type, and I was kind of I was just groaning every time I saw him in the trailer, just like oh, I want someone with the courage not to fight back and blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. But then it you actually watch the movie and it turns out, nope, he's just, this is just marketing, kid. That's his whole motivation. The other thing that was incredible about (laughs) that, I mean, one, one Bozeman was just incredible in it. But two, Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford very rarely is any like you you could argue that okay when he played Han Solo that was iconic that wasn't like he wasn't showing up playing Harrison Ford Han right, Solo right. and Indiana Jones are both very different characters oh, but the yeah. rest but the rest of his career he kind of fell into that groove of he was always a great actor but he fell into that groove of we're just hiring Indy or we're just hiring Han Solo in yep. this Jackie Robinson yep, yep. movie he disappeared into that role he played a character and it was so weird to see harrison ford do that because we know he's good at it but he doesn't get a chance to do it very often you know exactly yeah because 
Yeah, because we he's just bur- buried himself into the cult- cultural consciousness as well twice twice now as Indy and Han Solo. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, he he was great in that movie too. Yeah, no, that was that was a fantastic film. Yeah, yeah. and then that and, um, same, that same director did that wonderful um, biopic of uh, oh brain brain Thurgood Marshall. Nope, nope, the singer. Uh, my brain is terrible now. Uh, oh, sh- James Brown. James there Brown. we go. Yeah, sorry, and that that was great too. That was a little bit more by the numbers of a biopic than the Jackie Robinson movie, but his performance again just <laughs> nailed it. You know. Gosh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but um, because oh, it's the reason why I went, the reason why I immediately went to Thurgood Marshall is because um, well, I'm one of those people who's lucky to have a job during the pandemic, but it's kind of bittersweet because I'm a bankruptcy attorney. Oh no! Yeah, so I am kind of. I occasionally I'll have the kind of existential crisis where I'm kind of like. Jesus Christ, I am I have to depend on other people's misery in order to make a living. So um, Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's fine. And is that yeah, is that what you've always done? Is that like your your, your career? Or is that yeah. yeah, it is because um let me put it to you this way, because man, hang on, I'm about to dispel a lot, break a lot of hearts here, but um it always kind of bothers me when people like have this this uh pet they put they put lawyers like up on a pedestal like oh my gosh you went through law school and um now you're in this prestigious career and it's just like law school is a drain on you like it is designed to just be 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 like a boot camp of sorts oh yeah like i don't know if you've ever seen the paper chase the movie the paper chase oh yeah okay so yeah um update the technology and it's exactly the same just um yeah yeah the you the like that opening scene where um even the audience is just plopped in the middle of the first class and um oh wait there's a reading that we had to do like yeah but yeah that's just for the first year the then the second and third year you're spent um going through internships which that's your only way that you're going to get any kind of experience when you're just a student going going into the field. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yo man. And uh, so I'm thinking to myself, um, okay, well, um, I'll. This is how I'm going to get my name out. I'm going to. My grades aren't the best, so I'm just going to meet people. And um, let me let me tell you this, man. One one of my biggest like doses of reality was I actually interviewed for a job at the at with the same guy that I interned with for the summer. Yeah. Didn't get didn't get the job. Oh. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful how terribly cutthroat everything is? Mm. I'm a, is, I, I, I'm I'm an engineer, and so I would I would spend my time drinking with the law and business students you know <laughs> at, at at one in the morning because we finally finished our homework and everyone else was already out oh. that was you, you know what i mean like I, I i i know the pain it is it is designed to be a relay race of who it can still walk when it's over i i tell i tell students that come in to work with me in my my career job now as interns you know i say they mm-hmm. say well do you have any advice for you know junior and senior year and i said you're never going to be able to finish it all. 
So this work right. is not this work is not designed for you to finish. It's designed to see how well you can manage your time. So you need to decide if you've done a B plus amount of work or a D amount of work and find if the B plus is okay. And if it's right. okay, move on to the other thing that's a D amount of work and bring it up to a B plus. And if you can get the A, go for it. But just try to <laughs> try to keep a balance. Don't let anything die and find out the classes you can just coast through be, that don't matter. You know, um, learn how to do calculus. Don't learn how to get good grades in calculus. Those are different. You know what I mean? Learn how Precisely. to actually use it because, because you're going to need to use it at some point. Not all the time, not as often as you as they make you think. But when you mm-hmm. need to use it, you better know how to use it, not just regurgitate the equation to somebody. Ooh, oh, Lord, which is why. So then, um, <laughs> sorry. I was, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I, I like to. I, this is this is your show at the end of the day, so I just kind of like to have the host have the, I like to let the host uh, takes uh, take the reins for a while on their own show. <laughs> wow, as as <laughs> and, and as I said, um, Paresh, which I'm going to get it right the rest of the time. God damn me! Um, <laughs> uh, um, this is your show as much as it is mine. So as far as I'm concerned, we're both the host, and I I love I love this conversation already. So yeah, keep keep going. This is good. So yeah, yeah, um, and of course, uh, my second dose of reality was um, because uh, my whole three years of law school, I didn't make a single A, but I still graduated. God damn it! At the and, end of the um, day, that's all that matters. Right, exactly. And um, um, I eventually I was able to find a job at a place that would take in someone with no experience and who was willing to train me. And it was it was a bankruptcy firm. And um, it's nice. that's actually not the job that I currently have because, well, you know, COVID happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I was one of many COVID layoffs. But the, the silver lining to that was I'd already been at the firm for a year. So, hey, I got, I got, although I had to go through the job application process again, I had a year of experience under my belt. So I was able to get a, to get a, replacement job in less than a month yeah good for you so you're you're oh, straight yeah. you're straight out of law school from a year ago actually no i graduated in 2017 all right and uh, and i didn't pass the bar until february of 2018 oh shit yeah that i keep the stupid bar <laughs> now i have a question i have a question yes. so so engineering um mm-hmm. has has its own version of the bar it's it's called the oh. um, it's it's called the the PE um, the practicing engineer license. But the difference between well, a lawyer and an engineer is you only need it if you're certifying drawings. So usually it's just the owner of the company you work for has to be a PE. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's kind of how the world works. So I don't have one, but I took the exam that you take to get on the track for it. So it's a two-parter. Um, it's called the mm-hmm. engineer. It's called the engineer and training exam, the fundamentals of engineering. And it's an eight hour long exam broken up into two, four hour parts. Yep. And yep. yep. Bar, it's very similar the to the way. bar. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what was crazy about it is that like I, they offered it my senior year. And what I decided was ha- I'm not going to know engineering any better like book engineering any better than I do right now. 
my senior year of college. So I'm going to take it. And the Mm -hmm. school and the school basically said, if you fail and have to take it again, we'll pay for half of the um, we'll pay for half of you taking it a second time. So it's like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? And and it's a weighted exam. So it's based on everyone who takes it in the state at that, at that time. You know what I mean? So, and if you fail and if you fail, they tell you how much you failed by, but if you pass, you just pass. You don't get a, well, I got a 1280 on my EIT. So, you know, you don't have any of that. (laughs) But um, what was crazy about is the first half of it was ethics and history. What? Yeah, the first half of it was like this like really weird like litmus test thing and it was so bonkers and so weird and then the second half of it was engineering you picked mechanical like I was mechanical they say pick which one you want to take it in mm-hmm. but what's crazy is the questions were written in a way that any engineering could solve them since all the equations kind of come from the same place. So they right. were very confusing and strange, but I didn't, I ended up being so busy that I didn't study for the damn thing. Oh, um, which for me, I'm, I'm, I'm weird. I, for me, studying half never works out for me. If I go in with the knowledge that I didn't finish studying, I do terrible. But if I stay up all night and know that I at least touched everything, I go in with confidence. I went into this exam with so much relaxed confidence that I just blew through the damn thing. I don't know. Like, I can't tell you what a damn question on it was, but I ended up passing it and I was really, really excited because what's cool about it is it's one of those things you can use to like leverage more money. Like down the line, you can say, oh, our company needs a second PE. I have my EIT. So, hey, owner, do you need me to get my PE? Can, will you pay for me to go get my PE license? Sweet. Well, let's go do it. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I've, I've worked for 12 years and you have to do six years minimum under a PE and they have to like be your sponsor to like go in and do it. But as a mechanical engineer, you know, unless I go and run my own company, I don't need it, but every civil engineer needs it. So it's like, it's like civil engineers are like the lawyers of engineering, like, cause you actually have to pull permits and work on buildings. You know, for me, I, you know, I build stuff that you know, goes on like radars and stuff. And so it, there's no building code shit that I have to get into. It's just my, my thing, my box that they buy right. and put inside, but it's, it's just really interesting how. The, the gray areas, you know what I mean? Of like, mm-hmm, you, you think mm-hmm. a lawyer, a lawyer, of course, should have an exam they have to pass. I design stuff that can go in things that like could land airplanes, for example. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. have one of those licenses. <laughs> it's, it's very <laughs> weird, like the, the way that it works. Um, it's all just BS. But I, I just so is it is the bar per state? Yes, it is. And where, and where yes, are you? Uh, I'm in Georgia. Okay, you're in Georgia, and you're so. If you graduate, did you get your undergrad in 2017? Uh, no, I got my undergrad in 2014. I did a three year program for my law school. All right, all right. So you're how old are you? Like 29, 30, 28. All right, perfect. All right, I just it's so meeting people over the internet and never like seeing you. You know right, what I mean? It's, right. it's such a different way. I always like to try to gauge like who am I like who am I talking to and how old are they? Because like we all speak the same language, 
we all mm-hmm. speak the same mm-hmm. geeky fun language so it's like <laughs> i love that this this is like opened up the, there's no more like schoolyard like bullshit of well you're a freshman so i'm not talking to you right oh. exactly <laughs> and and i oh, find man. that i find that fascinating socially i mean we, shit you're talking about the shared language is like, I don't, I don't, you probably didn't record this, but, um, before, I think before we started recording, when I, I gave him, I gave you the pronunciation lesson on my name was that it's just like Ray Ghoul, the Batman villain. And you think that would have stuck in my brain <laughs> <laughs> and I still screw and, it up. But yeah, it's like, it's like 1am where, where, no, no, it's cool though. So, so, um, so yeah, all of God, all of that spawned off of um, talking about Chadwick Boseman, which again is is a terrible tragedy. Yeah, but I will say this, and this is this is horrible that we have to go here with actors, but he's a young actor. Again, he's not like nineteen, but he's right. a young actor, forty three years old, only uh-huh. really been on the scene for five or six years. You know, of people really knowing who he was. Right. Um, and at least we can look at it as okay, yeah, cancer is terrible. Cancer took him, but the lost mm-hmm. potential is because of how terrible cancer is, not that he was, you know, having a hard time grasping with reality and, you know, did some shit to himself or was untreated, depressed, or had, right. you know, at least at least right. it's a good at least it's a good enough story that this guy was just a damn good human being. Not that anyone else that loses their life, I, I would never of shit course. on someone for getting into a dark place. But you know, we 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 try to put these people in the same box as the Heath Ledgers and the Kurt Cobains and and, and those yeah. things. Everyone who was wonderful and talented and would have amounted to so much more that dies is a horrible loss because they mean something to somebody. But it's just, I'm not going to say nice. It's refreshing to be able to look and go, we lost someone who was just outright a good guy into something that was out of his control and out of our control. Right, exactly. Just because he was physically sick. Right, and there's no investigation that's going to come from it or family getting raked across the mud for not doing anything about or, it. You know, or fucking conspiracy theories. Yeah, or yeah. doctors that are to blame for, you know, giving him the wrong drugs. You know, all these things. So it's just one, it's wonderful yeah. to be able to say that we can celebrate the life of someone that meant something to a whole lot of people without mm-hmm. there having to be some sort of negative connotation or lesson to be learned that comes from it other than yeah sometimes awesome people get a freaking shit hand as well <laughs> you, you <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but anyway so you mm-hmm. so fandom so you guys were talking fandom and this will be fun because oh, i yes. did i did see you tweeting about it but i don't what i always think is fun about this and and i and i'll start off by saying that I am not the kind of person that is a toxic individual that wants to make someone feel uncomfortable to state their opinion. This is not an echo chamber. So if you and I have differing views and perspectives, that is not going to ruin this conversation for me. Um, So DC is a weird point of contention. Um, Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, it's a point of contention because it, even in the comics world, DC has always been 
the brand that kind of takes more chances and does a lot of weirder things and isn't afraid to screw up. Not that Marvel in the comics doesn't do that too, but DC kind of, well, well, Marvel kind of had to let people go and spin off their own stuff to make the dark stuff. DC kind of mm-hmm. leaned into it. DC let, you know, Frank Miller come and take over Batman for some stories and let, Hell, let I, shit I get dark. Even- I think they even let Kevin Smith in a series yeah. once, right? Oh, no, yeah. they've let him do mm-hmm. several. Kevin Smith has done oh. Superman, the Green Arrow. Um, he's done all kinds of stuff. But yeah. um, so DC, so it's not a surprise to me that the films do the same thing. Now, um, mm-hmm. the caveat before we talk about fandom, just to let you know where, where my brain is, is mm-hmm. I actually really like Zack Snyder as a director. And it's it's going to be impossible to talk about DC without talking about Zack Snyder. So I just want to give that oh, caveat. Yeah. I I believe that the man has made way more good things than bad things. Yeah, agreed. I actually uh, agree with you on that. And and yeah. so I want to give the caveat to that to basically you know before getting into what I think of the fandom stuff, I just want to get into just because I think he's made good stuff. Mm-hmm. does not mean that he is not absolved from being able to have scrutiny put on him. Of course, of course. Now, a lot of DC's fan base, and I hate this because I'm also a giant Christopher Nolan fan. Um, oh, a lot my of, condolences. Yeah, no, 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 I, I am, I am. <laughs> I know, um, I know, I know. I'm just but again, <laughs> I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan from following in Memento. I've kind right. of stuck with the guy since doesn't mean that he's absolved from having made anything bad right. or, but he also doesn't sound like a freaking jack off when he's talking in public about the things that he makes most of the time. And yep. The That's, problem, that... the problem that our our good our good friend Zack Snyder has run into, and again, despite the fact that he has had horrible tragedy happen to him in his life, and right. there's toxic people on the other side of this argument that I have even gotten caught up in that have been ridiculously harsh to this guy. My issue is that he meets that harshness with saying, well, you know what? The really loud, toxic people on my side are really angry at you. So I'm just going to sound like them now. And and that pisses me off. When when a guy who I feel is actually a pretty damn good director and just needs a handler and a writer every once in a while. But I could say that about most of my favorite directors. um, If he comes out and looks at me and says... Yeah, well, my movies are just for adults. I'm just going to be like, fuck you, dude. You you sound like the ignorant people on your side. Now, I get it. It, It's Mm kind of like being a president or winning elections. You kind of have to cater to the people that got you into the position you're in. If he really wants, like, if he honestly wants to be making this Snyder Cut thing that he's doing, if he genuinely wants... I would never take that away from him. But if yeah, he's just if he's just forced into doing it because enough really obnoxious fans were loud enough about it, I feel kind of sorry for him that now he has to kind of show up and act, you know, dance for us and act like us. You know what I mean? Because that mm, just makes it even yeah. worse. That's like that's like ripping open a wound because he left the production because his daughter killed herself. Yeah. If 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 it's good catharsis for him to come back and finish that movie, awesome. 
I don't care. Mm. I don't. He could he could take a shit in a box and put it on screen, and I'd say, <laughs> I'd say, you know what? The guy got to make what he wanted to make. But he it literally but it, relieved himself of right. this burden. So I just I just wanted to have that caveat because I really feel for the guy, despite the fact that I think he's acting like a toolbox right now. Right. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I feel the same way about him too. Because it, I, I mentioned I mentioned this in the Busted Limes episode is that um regardless of how the final product turns out, this is history. Right. right. No, it, it's history. And I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, I know that people say it sets a bad precedent, but I think it's kind of awesome. I won't, I won't take anyone's argument that he had this thing fully done and figured out before. This is 100% a, I, I, I had a script written. I had storyboards. I, I recorded stuff with actors and now they're investing money to let me finish it. I do not, I do not criticize the fact or say that he didn't have this vision already planned out, but he did not have this movie finished. That's he did not. He did not. But again, why do we need to argue that if the guy's making the thing that you think he wants to make, we shouldn't have to argue it. Now I I say Mm -hmm. that in that I, I really feel, and I want to know your take on this. Do you think he's right for the subject matter? regardless of if you think this movie will turn out good. That's another conversation to happen next. I don't think Zack Snyder is a bad filmmaker that showed up and said, I want to make a shitty Batman and Superman movie. Of course. I think he just doesn't get the characters. That's my belief. Doesn't Doesn't mean he couldn't make a good movie out of it because I feel that Man of Steel, and this is my take, and I don't know if you've ever heard me say this, but my take on Man of Steel now leaving Snyder's stuff prior to man of steel. There's really not a terrible movie in that mix. Sucker punch wasn't really that well written, but I really appreciate it. And that weird owl movie that he did was a fun little strange kids. movie. So I give him that one too, but man of steel Superman is my favorite superhero and my onus, my ownership of Superman comes from the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. So even though everybody but me seems to hate Superman Returns, and I will now say that because the fucking guy that made it is a terrible human being, I probably will never watch it again. I still think that is a great Superman movie. I really like that movie. I like Brandon Ruth as Superman. But again, that's great kind of the way the force awakens is great to me because it makes me think of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Now gotcha, gotcha. I watched man of steel with my brother. And again, m- my brother would go on the record and I'll go on the record as saying that Zack Snyder's masterpiece is Watchmen. Do I yes. think he, do I think he fully understands Watchmen? No, no, but do, but do I think he nailed that, that adaptation? Absolutely. Yes. Now yes. with that in mind, Bob and I went and saw Man of Steel. He took me to the premiere. And nice. we you get to the point where Superman flies for the first time. And I turned to him and I was like, holy fucking shit, he did it. He made a different Superman movie because everything up to that point was very different. Mm-hmm. And I said, he made a different Superman movie and I am 100% on board with this. And then the third act of the movie had to happen. Now... <laughs> Now, I I am not as upset about this, and and I and I want to hear your take on it too, as a lot of right. people get, 
because I want to talk about how I felt in the theater at the time, not knowing what he was going to make after. I want to leave what he was going to make after out because mm-hmm. I feel the third act of that movie, even though I, I definitely stood there as a, this isn't my Superman. This isn't what my Superman would do. I got very angry because Superman doesn't kill people. Now, that and doesn't let whole cities get leveled. He'd be there trying to hold the buildings up. Now, with that in mind, if the reason for the existence of that movie was to say, okay, guys, check it out. This is my different idea for Superman. I am going to make a Superman movie where Superman just doesn't come to Earth and isn't immediately the perfect human. He comes mm-hmm. to Earth and is alien and has to learn through seeing how we react to the destruction he inadvertently causes, whether it's needed or not. He comes to Earth, he gets really pissed off, he sees everything taken from him, and he loses it and kills a motherfucker. Yeah. Then he learns how to be human. And if they made that movie, because when he shows up as Clark Kent at, at the Daily Planet at the end, he looks like Christopher Reeve. Yeah. He has like a in his step. And I'm like, great. So then when they introduced Batman versus Superman, I go, great. So we're going to get like a half an hour, 45 minute arc of Superman, like being Superman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was really yeah. excited. And then because of what went down in the last movie, Batman won't be able to let him off of that and can't see him as anything else than evil. And that's where their tension happens. And instead they just made the movie they made. And I really felt robbed of that, like next logical step. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like if we had had enough movie of just Zack Snyder's version of, of the Richard Donner Superman movies, you know, and not not the same movie, but his version of just a sizzle reel of Superman being Superman. I feel like mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman would have been an easier movie to take because there would have been character development for Henry Cavill, who I know is capable of being a great actor. Yeah. And they gave him nothing to do. <laughs> nothing. Right. And, and, the, it's, it, and that to me is why. And again, if you disagree, shoot right in. But but that to me is why Batman versus Superman fails so much is it it feels like he was leading up to do a different movie to tie them together and was stuck having to do it all in one film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just feels like um, it's it's my firm belief that um, there needed to be one more movie between Man of Steel and Batman v yeah. Superman. Yeah, and again, Batman v Super. A lot of people compare Batman v Superman to that, that like Batman v Superman, and I do not take anything away from someone who genuinely likes that. I think mm-hmm. too many people like it just to be vindictive assholes to people that like Marvel movies, and that right. pisses me off. But mm-hmm. I will say, Captain America: Civil War and yes. Batman v Superman are very similarly paced. They're very stripped down, very intentional mm-hmm. films with almost a breakneck pace of mm-hmm. jumping through scenes. The difference is with Civil War, we had two other films and an entire career of other films to learn these characters, so we didn't need any of that stuff. Batman v Superman right forgets to have any narrative or character development and just takes us through the beats of this beef that these two guys have and all this other stuff with, you know, an underutilized and awesome 
I'll give it as an awesome, cool choice for what they did with Lex Luthor, but the mm-hmm. movie just the movie just obviously wanted him to be the Joker and and couldn't get past that, and that pissed me off um, yeah. because because I like the idea of Mark Zuckerberg as as Lex Luthor, as Lex think, Luthor, yeah, I, that's really yeah. cool. But they they mm-hmm. did nothing with it, and his motivations didn't make any sense. Yeah, like, like I said, which they could have established that in one movie between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, but no. to, no, I, I are, have... are we are we kind of? I, I want to make sure because because if you're a, like a big time like Batman versus Superman guy, I don't remember from talking. I'm assuming because you've been on Film Rescue, you probably share their beliefs on it. But I didn't yeah. want to like I didn't want to just railroad over you with the. I really like I watched the extended cut of it. The extended cut of it. Yeah. I will give it this. Mm-hmm. It is a better film than the one that was in theaters. It's still a piece of crap. <laughs> and I and I can see that I would tell Zack Snyder to his face that I think it's a piece of crap after telling him that he made what I thought was impossible. He made a remake of Dawn of the Dead. That should be sacrilege. His remake of Dawn of the Dead is incredible. Yes, it should be it complete sacrilege. Good. The opening sequence of that movie is one of the best horror film openings i have ever seen like there, there and, is um, that the whole... and the that and the birth scene yeah the oh movie's just the movie's brutal <laughs> it's just, it's just fucked up that movie yeah. and then oh 300 300's really silly but it's oh, yeah. visually awesome i mean he he basically said yeah this frank miller comic is kind of weird and not that great i'm just going to adapt it exactly <laughs> and that, that's just, what he did. <laughs> and then Larry Fogg works the magic with the camera. <laughs> yeah, and then Watchmen. Watchmen is just a masterpiece. Wait, and I, I oh leave it over here to the side. Watchmen. First, first Watch- R-rated movie I ever bought my own ticket oh, for. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yes. yes. My, Watchmen would be even more of a masterpiece if the Watchmen show that HBO did didn't look at it and go, oh, I can do that so much better than you. Because I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. So so I will just say, if you're a Watchmen fan, mm-hmm. you have to see it. Yes. If you watched the trailers and thought, oh, they don't understand, you have you have no idea. Eh. They, yeah, they, I, got, they got Watchmen better than I think the people that wrote the comic got Watchmen. They... Damn. They just nailed it. They let let's Alan just say Moore hear you say that. No, and Alan Moore hated it, so I'll, I'll say that to Alan Moore <laughs> all day long. But okay, but oh, there you go. Okay. But I will say this: think about a thing that you love so much, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Someone comes in and says, "Not only am I going to write a show that continues it, but I'm going to write a show that adds to the lore and does prequel stuff during it to tell you more about characters you love." And they just nail it. Not like kind of, but they nail it in a way that, you know, like the Star Wars prequels do really cool stuff with the characters, but it's hard to parse how they could become what they were. Like, it's kind of hard to see how we got from Revenge of the Sith to New Hope still. Like, it's it's a little... This kind of goes, hey, you know how the comic book left out the backstory of this guy, so it's kind of left amorphous? We're just going to give that to you. Ooh. And it's not going to change how you like him in the comic. It's just going to tell you all this other stuff. And I went, holy shit. Like, and it's it's the freaking guy that works with J.J. Abrams that can't finish anything. It's the <laughs> lost guy. You know what I mean? And, and the Star Trek Into Darkness guy. 
And he was the showrunner for this, and he nailed it. I don't know where this came from, but he just nailed it. So anyway, they the only thing that I think gives that show a leg up is that they had the balls. And again, when you see it, you'll understand to do something from the comic that the Watchmen movie didn't have the balls to do. Wow. Okay. And, yeah, and I, so I the one sold thing, on it now. The one thing that that they couldn't get. The movie, they just didn't have enough time to explain why this would go down, so they just changed it. The show just kind of goes, yeah, no, that happened. <laughs> You're just kind of like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> You're just Ooh, okay. They just had the balls to just, yeah, anyway, you, you'll see. Um, and right. it's also really cool because I won't tell you how many characters from the comic show up, but they, Ooh, do okay. a really, they do a really good job of not doubling down or not just... It goes like two or three episodes where it's just showing you all these new people and it right. doesn't really give you much insight into what went down after the original story. And I think that's really cool, too. Um, but anyway, b- back to Snyder and back to DC fandom, all of that to get to the fact that I think the guy's great. And I got to say, outside of song choice, because I think even though that song works perfectly with the trailer... It's just kind of a big fuck you to Leonard Cohen to use that song anymore. They really need to stop. Yeah, yeah, I I have not been able to finish the Justice League film um, where I did finish Batman versus Superman. So I will say this Batman versus Superman bored me. Mm -hmm. Bored me so much that my favorite person in the world, Superman, died and I missed it. And I had to text my brother and ask him how Superman died because I didn't want to rewind and watch it. Dang, like that, damn. like I just kind of looked down at my phone for a minute and went, what, Superman's dead? Like that's kind of like, it was really weird. But Justice League, because of the fact that it was two rivaling tones fighting with each other, yes. I just couldn't finish it. Like I couldn't watch it. And mm-hmm. again, people did a lot of good work in it. I, I thought the actors were having a good time, whatever. It just, it didn't do it for me. And I will give it this. I would watch this Snyder cut movie, this trailer, this trailer got me kind of amped. I'm like, Holy shit. That looks like a pretty good fucking movie. Like I'll watch that. (laughs) Now to be Mm -hmm. fair, suicide squad also had a good trailer. So, (laughs) but, but but I'll give him this. And again, I just want to, because there's a lot to say about fandom, but what were your thoughts? Do you feel the same way? Like, I think it's awesome that he's getting to do this. I just wish he'd shut up. Uh yeah um yeah as far like from a historical perspective yeah I really I really am looking forward to this because I might just uh, get just pay for like one month of HBO um, HBO Max just to watch it because like I said this is uh, this is historically significant this is this is the next logical step from just coming back for reshoots like we're we're this is Warner Brothers funding the real mo- the quote unquote real movie now. So I'm excited to it for, so like I said, regardless of how it turns out, um, I'm just glad he's getting to finish the project. And um, I'm, but at the same time, I'm thinking that this is going to be such a beautiful disaster too, because the, I just know the fanboys are just going to twist themselves into pretzels and like, just to like it no matter what. Yeah, and that so, that's what makes yeah. me really hope that it's actually objectively good. Like I, yeah. I want it, I want yeah. it to be like because because again, to me, and I told people this, they said, "Well, what did you think of Man of Steel?" I go, "Man of Steel is a B minus movie 
that becomes a D movie because of Batman versus Superman. Because I didn't get, because I didn't get, like, it gave me hope that, okay, they're going to tell me this story. And the story they gave me didn't, it it just gave me more of the grimdark. And Mm -hmm. I didn't get, it didn't earn it to me. So this movie, you know, getting to see what it looked like they were trying to do, looks like it earned some of the character arc stuff that Batman versus Superman forgot to do. And it yes. looks like it's going to have Superman being awesome, whether that means evil Superman being awesome or not, just Superman doing something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, instead of just showing my, up my, and being a joke. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, m- my guest on the on the Busted Limes episode was, uh, he mentioned that um, if Batman v Superman was supposed to show these two characters at, the, at their worst, this Justice League uh, Snyder Cut trailer looks like it's going to show Batman like back back to form, like a continuation of the Arkham yeah. style scene in the it, in the Batman v Superman. And, and that brings me that brings me to a point. Oh, okay. I I will not accept the hate of Ben Affleck as Batman. Me neither. To me, to me, me, to me that was inspired. He yeah. nailed yeah. it. They didn't give him anything to do again, but he really, I like the big, beefy, burly, like, throw-down Batman that he was playing. And and I thought his version of Bruce Wayne was actually interesting. And, yeah. like, and I wanted to see more of it. And, you, you know, the, the what is an aged, not completely, like, aged to old, but what is, like, an aged boomer Batman look like? And it's like this... <laughs> This is really cool. And like you said, it felt like the Arkham games. And and I mm-hmm. I think we just needed more of it. He needed his whole own movie, and Superman needed one more of his own movie too. Yeah. Um all, maybe, all like I felt... conte- maybe like some context behind that um, Robin costume that he keeps in his yeah. glass case. Cause you know, cause because if you did read a certain comic, you're gonna wonder what the hell happened. And it all comes back yeah. to, you know, my biggest blame for all of this mm-hmm. and blame oh, is a oh. bad word, but the impetus for all of this that I think, cause again, a lot of people can say, well, you know, Tim Burton's Batman set a bad precedent for superhero movies for a while, which I can see people saying that, you know, superhero movies wanted to be more dark, wanted to be more this, but we got things like the crow and things out of that. So, I mean, come oh. on, right? Like, but you know, is amazing of a job, and and I really do mean this. C- Chris Nolan made two of the best Batman movies I've ever seen. Right. Um, he just got the character. He got the character, but he did it different. He did it more realistic. But every superhero doesn't have to be handled that way. And I think the biggest thing hurting Snyder's Superman and Batman movies is they were riding the curtails of warner brothers and what nolan set up for warner brothers of this is the way you get butts back in seats is to do this more ultra realistic thing but snyder obviously even though there was the grim dark and ultra realism wanted to make very different movies than what chris nolan was making chris nolan his stuff was almost too realistic to a t where right where unfortunately the best stuff in Snyder's movies was the really over the top, like his vision of Krypton. I love Krypton is like the freaking planet from Avatar. You know what yeah. I mean? Is really freaking, inspired yeah. and cool. Like it's got wildlife on it. I love it. 
And then Batman running around and doing like superhuman things and fighting is like a full digital character. Again, it could have looked better, but it's really cool. But then the movie has to like drop and be like really realistic and like, and to me, it resonated everything that was bad about, unfortunately, the third Chris Nolan Batman movie, which I still really like a lot of it. But that movie felt like it was battling between wanting to be a superhero movie and wanting to be a Chris Nolan movie. Whereas The Dark Knight <laughs> felt like it knew exactly what it was. This is a movie that's a crime drama that just happens to have a guy that dresses like a bat in it. That's right. what he made. But because of that, we give you a lot of drama. These Snyder movies wanted felt to me like they wanted to go completely balls out, crazy, over-the-top superhero. But the fans found themselves wanting too ultra real and it just got into a battle hmm. and that that's yeah, kind of how i feel about batman versus superman is it doesn't know what it wants to be yeah and i think too much of it was just trying to be differentiate to try to differentiate itself from from marvel because remember we're fresh off the avengers at that time Right, and then, so that that's why I feel in, in I, this conversation, I have a thought in my head that's going to bring us to fandom to talk about the rest of the stuff. <laughs> no, but like, oh, yeah, to fandom, me, no, 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 and that, no, that's why we're there. I just <laughs> want to talk about DC as a whole, is this, this same thing can be found in Wonder Woman. What are the best parts of Wonder Woman? The, the first uh, two-thirds of the movie, right? Right. What's mm-hmm. the worst part of Wonder Woman? Now, the worst part I say makes them the movie is a solid B plus. It's a badass movie. Oh yeah, it, it's almost sure. as good as Captain America: The First Avenger. The yeah. problem with Wonder Woman is the third act, which feels like it was that juxtaposed. Well, it, it felt like Zack Snyder had control there, where he was going, "Well, we mm-hmm. have to have a villain, and it has to be this big effect thing, but it has to feel gritty and dark and feel like the Nolan stuff." But what I really want to do is have her fight a freaking demon god, and it didn't. It just felt <sighs> noisy and useless. Unfortunately, there's a, yeah, there's a yeah, there's a reason people more people talk about No Man's Land than the fight with yes. What with mustachioed but, wimpy Aries at the end? But then we completely take Wonder Woman and put it in a little box over here, and then we get to two movies that I feel feel completely different than anything Marvel made, and a really like the first two thirds of Wonder Woman is this box that I go every DC movie just aspire to be this. Don't copy it, but just mm-hmm. aspire to be this. But then there's mm-hmm. two that I feel perfectly differentiate themselves one of them is shazam because shazam basically went and said hey remember when they could make darker superhero movies in the early 90s like the first teenage mutant ninja turtles and things like that that were kid friendly but also adults could like because they were gritty and realistic and dark let's Mm -hmm. make one of those and that movie nailed it shazam i put up against any marvel movie is the tone of this is better than what you guys are doing. Even though I love the Marvel movies, the mm-hmm. sh- tone of Shazam is what I want in a superhero movie. Yeah, be- because now, uh, Shazam, Shazam for me. Um, sorry to cut you off, but um, no, no, Shazam go ahead. Me, it, yeah, yeah, it really brought back that feeling that I had when I first saw the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yes, it, um, yes. Yes, yes, and I'm yeah. so happy. To, to move away from fandom for one quick second, I'm so happy Raimi is making Doctor Strange 2. Because even though Damn. I love Scott Derrickson, and I mm-hmm. wish Scott Derrickson would get to make that movie, Raimi coming back into the MCU 
just means that we could have Raimi making another Spider-Man movie again. And I'm just geeking out too much to even think about how great that would be. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but doubling. And, and I really hope Spider-Man shows up in Dr. Strange too, just to see Raimi direct Spider-Man again. Crossing uh, my um, fingers for a Tobey Maguire cameo. Crossing my fingers, my toes, and my eyes. You know, when Tobey I Maguire. heard it was called the Multiverse of Madness, the first thing I said is, wouldn't it be cool if Tobey Maguire came back? And then when they said Raimi was doing it, I was going, oh man, he's putting Tobey Maguire in there somewhere. He's <sighs> going to start Tobey Maguiring the way he Bruce Campbell all of his movies. I really <laughs> think that would be great. But but doubling back, but yeah. so you're absolutely right. Shazam, and I don't mean, I don't want every Marvel movie to just decide to be like Shazam, but I mean, if <laughs> If, if if I had to agree with the toxic negativity that comes from the our movies are better than Marvel because of this, Shazam is the one I would hold up to say, you're right, this is a way to do what you're doing as well, but very cinematically different than the way you're doing it. And that's a cool way to set them apart. You don't have to look like Batman versus Superman to have a counterpoint to a Marvel movie. That brings me to Aquaman. Now, Aquaman is a giant, silly mess of a film, but I so, so much. (laughs) Aquaman basically said, hey, guys, guess what? You know how they like have never been able to successfully make a live action Power Rangers movie because (laughs) they just don't want to be silly. I'm going to make silly for two and a half hours. That movie is so self-serious wonderfully over the top and i love it so much it is not a good film it is and they, not and they it know not. it's not and they just doubled down james wan to me made the best aquaman movie you could ever make you're not going yes. to make an avengers endgame quality aquaman movie you're just not going to do it so That's what are you going to do yeah. Have Jason Momoa do what he does best and be a charismatic motherfucker for two and a half hours and yep. have, yep. of all people, Patrick freaking Wilson be one of the coolest toady villains I have seen in such a long time <laughs> and just chew the shit out of every scene he is in. No, um, no. Yeah, when you have when you have someone who's chewing the scenery more than Willem Dafoe, you know that you've nailed oh. it. <laughs> And God, I mean, Willem and again, Dafoe was well, like, Willem it, Dafoe was like operating at ten percent of his true power yeah, in that movie. Again, it's and and I I say it's a bad movie in the very best way. It's a bad oh, movie in the this is cheese. This is like Superman four. You know what I mean? Like this this or no like Rocky four. Aquaman's the Rocky four of superhero movies. We know this is cheese, and we're doubling down, and everybody is offer operating at the best of their potential at delivering you this cheese. Yes. And and I love it. And again, if that's what it takes for DC to have a Marvel style movie, sweet. Yeah. You know, good good for them. So yeah. that brings me back to fandom. Yes. So you I'll I'll let you pick. So we've already talked about the Snyder Cut. I have high hopes that it's actually very good. Mm-hmm. I think I think no matter what, because of how divided everybody is on it, the overall is gonna be meh. I think that's what it's going to come out with with people like, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be a resounding, like, I think it's going to be more like the, how Man of Steel was accepted. I honestly think that given time, he's going to make a good film. Right. right. But, But I don't think he's going to make a better superhero movie than Man of Steel because I just don't think he's the right fit still. That's that's just my right. take. I, 
Yeah, but, yeah, he, he's but, got but, his he's got his own um he's got tunnel vision as to what these yeah. characters are to him. Yeah. So yeah, and, he's and, you can't, unless again, he breaks out of that, it's not again, gonna. He's yeah. The the movie Patty Jenkins made with Wonder Woman, he was an executive producer on and had a, it was in charge of the story. So right, if that, right, if so, that's how he sees Wonder Woman. I mean, there's potential there. I mean, Wonder Woman was not bad in Batman versus Superman and Justice League, right. but Patty Jenkins handled his version of Wonder Woman better than he ever did. Um, sure. But when Wonder Woman shows up in Batman versus Superman, that's like the best part of the goddamn movie. Like that. That's I, I still that that guitar riff just still makes me smile. Which apparently that's a cello. That's that's actually an electric cello. But whatever. Yeah, no, it's it's riff, awesome. But I was gonna let awesome. you. I was gonna let you pick um, what thing from fandom you wanted to talk about next. Oh, you know, you know what it's going to be. It's going to be Suicide Squad by way of the director of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. <laughs> Sorry, the Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide Squad. Suicide yes, Squad. yeah. Uh, Not to be confused with other films called Suicide Squad. That's oh, that, that's <laughs> so so. Um, and I guess it it's going to be impossible to talk about Suicide Squad right now. And again, this is DC fandom talk. But mm-hmm. I just want to say that I think what gets lost in this discussion was mm-hmm. the absolute perfect piece of cheese and greatness that was Birds of Prey. And I think that gets left out of the conversation so much. Did you see Birds of Prey? I have not yet, I, but I have. I, I've got I only to know say, about it. Like, okay. No, no. Go ahead. What do you know about it? Just yes. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned cheese because she's. Uh, I know the meme about her and that uh, cheese sandwich. sandwich the cheese. breakfast sandwich. Yeah, oh, it's, so, breakfast good. Sandwich. it's <laughs> so So I will say again, Suicide Squad. What's the best part of Suicide Squad? Her as Harley Quinn. Yes. Right. She she just like, and and when I saw the pictures, I'm like, oh, they don't get Harley Quinn. And then I saw her play it and I'm like, oh no, she, she 100% knows what movie she's in. You know what I mean? Like they they don't know what movie she's in, but she gets it, which Mm is a sidebar why I'd like to see um, Joaquin Phoenix get to play Joker again, because I'd love to see the movie he thought he was in when they made that. (laughs) But that's, that's just a completely different story. But um, we'll we'll dial back. Harley Quinn is this movie, this Birds of Prey movie. But I don't want to blow too much about it other than to say freaking Ewan McGregor is the villain. Yeah, and I heard good things he about him. Yeah, he plays a black mask, right? Terrifying. Ooh. I have, I could, like, they, this is, it's a very R-rated movie. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it, it's, it's yeah. like, Ooh, it's okay. like, it's like kick-ass. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, oh. nasty. Do you know oh, what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. And if it's they, sick at, ooh. I think it got a PG-13. I could be wrong, but it is a very... No, no, it didn't get a PG-13 because of the... Because of Black Mask. Yeah. You can't oh. really do Black Mask in a PG-13 yeah, uh, the way yeah, they did. Yeah, Birds of Prey's are. Yeah, Birds of Prey's are. Yeah. But I, I will say, it, again... It tonally is riding that fine line between silly and super realistic that I think DC, it, it, it feels like it exists in the same universe as Shazam. You know what I mean? And that's really. Ah, yes, I know, I know exactly what you mean, because, and, oh, my God, now that you mentioned it. Yeah, that, that was obvious kind of from the trailers, because um, with Shazam, you had um, this. 
and your brother pointed this out in his review of it, which and, and I 100% agree with. And it also goes back to the Sam Raimi roots that I was talking about, where it's this grimy, follows the grimy, low down, working class perspective of superheroes rather than Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely. Another so, cool thing. Go ahead. Sorry. So, yeah, all that to say that, yes, I, I, I can see just from the trailers that, yes, this is the same, like, down-to-earth working-class perspective as Shazam, Birds of Prey is, I, I mean. So, uh, it, it's a bummer that Birds of Prey made no money, because Bir- uh, because Birds uh, of Prey, Birds of Prey, I hope, tonally, is what is what um, James Gunn's Suicide Squad ends up like. Um, and just br- brief aside, um, it didn't make any much. It didn't make much money, and my first thought was that damn hedgehog. Uh, no, that's exactly it. That, that, <laughs> and again, you know what? Yeah. Let, let the hedgehog have its money. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I. It's it's not for me. I, I. But let the hedgehog have its money. I think I'd rather have children get a video game movie that's not complete garbage. And right. that was not complete garbage. It's just kind of, it's just kind of there, but mm-hmm. w- w- whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the thing with Birds of Prey is that it, it was really the marketing and I think the title that kind of kept people from going to see it. But um, that's, a, but, but the reason I say that is we can't forget its existence in that kind of Wonder Woman, that franchise. It set the tone of, okay, like she literally breaks up with the Joker in the opening credits. Like they cut that oh. mess. They cut that mess out of the whole thing in the opening credits. Like she just, I think she kills him <laughs> if, awesome. if I'm not mistaken. Awesome. But, or just, but but they cut that whole thing out to get, and again, Jared, kind of like with the Zack Snyder thing, Jared Leto's Joker could have been an interesting thing, but it wasn't. So we'll just we'll just move past it. Honestly, sh- I bl- honestly, I blame Jared Leto for that more than anyone yeah. else involved. But you know, yeah, I continue. But but she she is the wonderful thing to come out of Suicide Squad. Am I kind of bummed that Will Smith doesn't get another shot at, at you know that character? <laughs> yeah. But it's Shot. Idris Elba. Yeah, but it's Idris Elba, so who cares? Like, he's just so freaking <laughs> awesome. I just want Will yes. Smith to be... Yes. I want Will Smith to be something great again. Like, I really like the guy, so I just kind of mm-hmm. want him to be in something great again. But, um, God, wasn't this just the best story with James Gunn getting this? Like, I got completely shit on by terrible right-wing nut bars on the internet and i lost my job with disney because they're too afraid to get into a scandal and then i go to the enemy and sign up to work on a movie with them and not only do i get my job back at disney but disney is kissing my ass so hard that they are letting me finish the movie i'm making for their rival production company it's such a cool story (laughs) and and let's tell you I won. I love everything they showed at Fandom for the Suicide Squad. I love the fact that it's taking. It's like a prequel, right? Almost. I think it, so. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. It's like during 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 a the war. 70s, I yeah, think. during the seventies, yeah. which is really cool. And I love the fact that Gunn came out and he goes, "Oh, you know, DC gets crap for trying to do too many characters in one movie. I'm going to do nineteen, you know, or whatever it is. But I'm going to fully flat out tell you, yeah, most of these guys are dying in the opening credits. Of course, <laughs> and I just yeah. think that's awesome. Like, yeah. like the fact that he has Nathan Fillion in it, you know, Nathan Fillion is dead in like two seconds because that's what oh, Nathan what? Fillion does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, 
honestly, I th- I think he's gonna kill Mike Rooker's character too. Yes, I agree. Right. Yeah, and and, yeah. I, and I love I love that. Uh, now now I'm because of my wife, I am a giant Gilmore Girls fan. Why oh. is that? Why is that important when you talk about James Gunn? Because Sean Gunn, his brother Craglin. And mm-hmm. the motion capture, you know, suit guy for Rocket Raccoon is a main right. character in Gilmore Girls. Oh, so whenever I see God. him show up in this, I'm always like, it's Kirk. <laughs> and, and, and my wife loves the Guardians movies even more because Kirk is there. And he's playing another character that's like a motion captured rodent. Yes. In this. Weasel. And, and Weasel, he posted the picture and said, I'm playing Weasel. Yeah, I had to stop shaving for this role. And I'm like, you're a funny motherfucker. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's awesome. And um, it's just, uh, I, I don't know if you caught this tweet, but um, I uh, tweeted out on the Busted Limes Twitter where uh, I said, hey, I'm not too familiar with Suicide Squad. Does the Weasel have a baboon sidekick or something? Yes. Yes, I did see that. That's oh. awesome. So yeah, one of I mean, the I love the fact that they give actors that are playing everyone but then show King Shark and don't list an actor. Oh, <laughs> King Shark as himself. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> just a happy happy little CGI shark. Yeah, hey. And he just w- smiles and waves. <laughs> I'm so happy Gunn got to make this movie. I hope it's rated R. I hope Me he too. gets to go full trauma with it. Cuz you know, the Guardians movies, particularly the first one, is mm-hmm. really crass for a Marvel movie. It is. Like, it he got is. away. He got away with a lot of shit in that. Like the fact that they gave him full creative control and that the head of trauma is in the movie. That's almost as weird. Like knowing that Lloyd Kaufman was in ro- a room with like people from Disney is almost as weird as when they made a Toxic Avenger cartoon show. Did you know about this? I did not. What? In the 90s, it was a really big deal. Like, a lot of people were buying up, like, late 80s, mid to late 80s properties oh. and cartoons. So right, they had a right, right. Cartoon. And someone said, Toxic Avenger, that's got weird shit in it. It must be for kids. And Lloyd Kaufman said, they actually came to me and said, we want to make a kid's show out of the Toxic Avenger. And he said, he literally goes, I said to these guys, there is a scene in the movie where he ejaculates toxic waste. Do you know the kind of movie that I made here? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think the kids will like it? And he goes, all right, they're going to pay me. Yeah, sure. We'll make it. We'll make a toxic Avenger kids show. Like I really don't care. Oh, at this point. Almighty. oh my God. <laughs> and Lloyd they're Kaufman is, is in, is in guardians of the galaxy. And I think that's hilarious. The guy who has a book, one of the chapters is titled in his biography, the joy of colostomy bags. The, like he is he is a nasty motherfucker <laughs> good but yeah um yes it was really crass because just well everything that comes out of rocket's mouth um yeah. the jackson paul the jackson paul painting oh, joke <laughs> and and the which i i don't even question how star lord knows what who jackson pollock is but whatever um but and then drax's I mean, green horn he was supposed to have been a child of the eighties that got scooped up. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. But, yeah. but, but no, no, it, he was young. So you do question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you end up with like the stranger things or Goonies kid syndrome of these kids talk like adults. Like right. that's that the, you end up with that problem of wait, no real kid knows that, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, whatever. And then of course, Drax's infamous green horror line. Oh God. Which, Drax yeah. is so wonderful. I I gotta say, you know, uh, I 
when that movie came out, I didn't have children. And my, my daughter has an autism spectrum diagnosis, which you probably heard mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. Drax is such a wonderful and, and and you know he came out and said that he played it this way is such an ally to that community because he has like he plays it as you know a kid that no you know there's no there's no gray area it's everything is black and white you know right. and, I, I, and I just I've looking back on it he sounds like my daughter like you she'll say things that rival the you know nothing goes over my head i'd reach up and catch it, catch it. you know <laughs> and it's just like this character is brilliant who would have thought that guy had such wonderful comic timing but oh, he, never, sure. he never feels like he's being it never feels like he's poking fun at himself it's right the the movie acknowledges, I guess you could say the same thing for Bill and Ted. People say Bill and Ted, you know, they're, they're quote unquote, the himbo characters that are dumb, but they're not stupid. Do you right. know what I mean? They're there's kind a, hearted. There's a difference, right? The, this isn't a foil for your laughs, even though they're mm-hmm. going to make you laugh because they're funny. They're, because, they're, because they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Their sickness or their, the thing that's not, normal quote unquote about them is not the thing that we want you to find funny. It makes them say and do funny things. That's a, that's a big right. difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no Drax is just so wonderful and gun. I mean, have we had like Joss Whedon comes in, does the Avengers and yeah. it's, and it's unprecedented. Yeah. Joss Whedon is a, is a bit of a shit person, but mm-hmm. I won't take mm-hmm. Avengers away from him. He nailed that. But yeah. they recognized after he wasn't able to deliver the same level of perfection on Age of Ultron of that course. you kind of need to bring a more mature direction in with this. Very Gun so, Gun yeah. comes in and hits out of left field of there are more like there's I heard somebody say this and I agree. I'm happy he's doing the suicide squad because that's exactly what the first suicide squad movie needed. It was trying to do what James Gunn did with guardians, Guardians but they don't understand that it actually takes someone that knows how to write an ensemble and write a character that can be on screen and have one line of dialogue that gives you every bit of backstory you need to know about them. I would take that even one step further. Remember in the first uh, Guardians movie, there's that pink alien in the prison who's uh, talking with her family who has absolutely no lines, but you get everything about her in the like three seconds that she's on screen. Like, the man, the man is a genius. And yeah. it was, it was so devastating. Cause like right after he had tweeted yeah, that he because Guardians three script, he lost his job. Mm-hmm. And so to hear him win that back, that was just such a one. And again, not to take away the fact that the guy said some pretty awful things. He did. But he, that doesn't make him a pedophile, and it also right. doesn't make him unable to grow and learn. And I think he proved that he grew and learned. Not to mention, <laughs> Disney knew about those tweets when they hired him. You so... hired you hired a director from Lloyd Kaufman's trauma group. Who do you think you're getting? The yeah. like. He made a movie with like Romeo and Juliet as cows having nasal sex with each other. Like th- this is not <laughs> like, <laughs> and again, even his brother, his, br- his brother is basically the Ted Raimi of his movies, right? As he mm. brings his brother along for everything. Right. Right, right, right. And that's why yeah. I was so happy to see him in there as Craglin and so happy to see him get so much to do in the sequel. 
I mean, Craglin is the emotional centerpiece for the entire Guardians too. Like, you know, you 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 need him. You need his reaction at the funeral at the end of that movie to really sell everything that just went down. You know, mm-hmm. it's so yeah. perfect. But that's why I mean. I think the Suicide Squad looks amazing. I'm happy that it's the only one that didn't have a trailer. They had a behind-the-scenes reel and a character rollout. But yes. I don't know. I mean, it, what else? I, please say what else you want to say about the Suicide Squad, because we can gush about James Gunn all day. <laughs> John Cena! Yes! Yes! John Cena! <laughs> Guy's amazing. Which, oh, my God. boy. Local yeah. boy. Amesbury, so- Massachusetts. Oh yes, he is. Uh, West Newberry, gym. Massachusetts. Yes, I've been to his gym that, that he oh. used to work out at. Yeah. Oh, nice. He's a badass oh, okay. motherfucker. Oh, okay. Well, you, you know what? Yeah, so, since you bring up your connection to Cena, um, I'm I'm going to brag about this for a second because it just uh, I just remembered it. Um, so I actually got to meet uh Dave Batista at a convention. Oh, see, that's 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 too much. <laughs> Oh, he just seems, I love him so much. He does not seem to give a shit. And I mean that in the best way. (laughs) Okay, so here's the surprising thing about him is that uh, he's actually very introverted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you knew about this. He said he used that for Drax. Yeah. To like like help him figure out how to play the character. And oh my God, it is so, it is, he is very correct about well of course he'll be correct about himself but you know he's he wasn't like it was no exaggeration because um when i met him i was there with my little cousin we were getting him in getting him in his autograph and uh he basically he he talks at this volume normally like he doesn't um raise he, contrary to what he was because i knew him from wwe yeah so it's he's not the screamy microphone guy that he is in the in guardians or the ring i've heard and, similarly um, that that dwayne johnson is that way in person i like, would not instead of being like larger than life like he he's very like very humble and just like super low-key and it's like that's that's really cool hmm. yeah that they, that think, those guys have that way about them yeah they did i think he did mention like uh the one of the behind scenes stories of moana was that he would constantly check in with the other voice actors like am i doing this right Am I doing this right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and so. again, that that's something actually that is really important to note about WWE superstars. This is something mm-hmm. I've known forever is they, they recognize more than anything. And you'd think this would be like the toxic, you know, Snyder reaction thing. They recognize, at least in that context, that the majority of their fan base are young and mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing and saying awful stuff, and they have really silly, stupid, over-the-top, you know, taglines and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I always knew about those guys, you never heard of any of them being a shithead to fans. Like, you always heard, oh, yeah, no, my my son got to meet Rowdy Roddy Piper, and he was just the nicest guy. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that, like, they understood that that's really what people take take away from it, is that one on one like, we know you're playing a role. Like, no one really thinks this is real. So when you show up, just don't be a scumbag. You know you know what I mean? I, and um, that, that line has actually been getting a little blurred recently because um, with uh, the new, there's a new promotion out called uh, AEW. Yes. You've, you've, yeah, you've probably seen me live tweet it a bunch. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's this monster heel named uh, MJF. 
Uh-huh. And you know, and like people people are going to meet him actually expecting to feel to, to get like it's like they go there and it's like roast me MJF. They want to go there to, with him and, and get roasted by MJF and it's I I think I honestly love it. No, that's yeah, awesome. Just, I- I yeah. just, I would hope that he wouldn't act that way with like a six-year-old. That's that's my only thing. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't see where he flipped off a kid? Oh, really? Oh, what a funny bastard! Okay, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. But at least, at least he's at least he's consistent. Okay, that, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know because because I remember hearing like with with Hulk Hogan, you know, back oh. when he wasn't a big joke like he is now. Oh, Even when he fuck. was in like the NWO thing with "Look at me, brother! I'm part of the right, terrorist right. organization." When he right. met kid fans, he was back to being like the regular Hulk Hogan guy, and I think that's oh, okay. really important. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, I'm, I'm playing a role here, guys. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of important in, in some cases, unless, you know, unless you want them to be that way. It just, I don't know. I just always found mm-hmm. it interesting. And I love that Dave Bautista is just this giant teddy bear. Like, he it, just, it just makes me so happy. He really is. Oh, my gosh. Um, At that same convention, um, when they were doing a Q&A panel, um, what are the what are the people went up to the microphone and asked him so it's like so how does it feel to get rko'd and his answer was just like really you waited in line just to ask that nah screw that i'm not answering that sit down nice that's awesome <laughs> just like <laughs> it's like go off king good for him all right so oh, yeah. so, so, so so suicide squad is just wonderful yes um, so what's that bring that brings i mean p- pick the next one man they, there's um Okay, I think uh, let's wrap it up here for the last one. Um, Gotham Knights, the video game. So I actually have not watched anything from Gotham Knights yet. So this will be a good. I've heard a lot of the discourse, but I haven't seen it. So give give me your take on Gotham Knights. Okay, so Batman. It takes. It's the looks like it's going to be like a spinoff of the Arkham games, which I love to death. Yeah, me um, too. Except me Ar- too. Except Arkham Knight. I haven't played Origins, but. Arkham Knight, I just couldn't get past the vehicle sections. They they annoyed me too much. But Asylum and City, my absolute jam. Yep, Asylum so, is incredible. Oh, <laughs> so good. I could. That's a whole episode on its yep. own. Um, you want to yeah, feel um, like Batman? That's the game. <laughs> that's the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Gotham Knights. It's a spinoff that follows basically the Wayne family. So you have Nightwing, um oh god damn, I get my Robins mixed up all the time. Um who's the who's the Robin who's with Barbara Gordon and joins oh, and the Red Hood joins crap. them part of that group? It's not, is it You're gonna make okay, me it's not, Okay, okay. Uh, why do I wanna say and um, nope, I'm I'm lost. I, I I it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't get it. Okay, it's not, Nightwing was the was Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson's Nightwing. I know yeah, that. Yeah, Dick much. Grayson was Nightwing. Yes. Who this... was the one that Joker killed with the crowbar? Was that Tim Drake? Tim Drake? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you the know, one after the, the, that one, one. the one Frank Miller murdered. Yeah, that's <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah, but yeah, you're playing as uh, the second generation of the bad of the bad Jason family. Todd. Jason Todd. There we go. There we go. So, um, so. The trailer opens with Batman dying. I don't, I, 
Yeah, you. Oh wait, you didn't. No, you didn't I heard. No, trailer? I heard. I no, no. I like I said, I haven't seen anything. I've just heard the ooh. discourse, but I heard oh. this part. I'm just doing the ooh because I'm like, oh wow, okay. I just keep going. Okay, so yeah, Batman is dead, and um, it uh, that we just hear the voice. We hear the computer, the back computer, say activating code black. Then from there we see Barbara Gordon. Um, Dick Grayson and uh, Jason Todd opened their phone, and Red Hood, who is a part of the team at this point, they open up their phones, and it's a pre-recorded message from Bruce saying, "Hey, this is Code Black. If uh, if you're if you're hearing this, I'm dead." And oh my God, you have to watch the trailer. Because oh no, I will. I, I just I'm getting chills just hearing you talk about it. So this oh my is gosh. Cool. Because the speech, like most of the trailer, is just him giving a speech to the to the to the younglings, basically saying. Hey, you, this is the moment you've trained for. So now, go forth and kick ass, basically. But of course, he's a lot more articulate than that. But you get the point. So, um, we do get a little bit of uh, gameplay footage with a. Um, it's one of those deals where everyone has their own like unique uh, fighting style. So Barbara Gordon's Batgirl, she has the tr- she seems to have the traditional Batman combat, you know, with the gliding and the stealth and the hanging upside down from the gargoyles and all that. Yes. And um I yes, yeah. And um Robin, he doesn't seem to have changed much from uh his Arkham City fighting style where he had the bow staff. Mm-hmm. So so but uh, it seems like they upgraded it a little bit so that he has ranged it. He has he could like throw the bow staff now. And yes. um yes. And uh, Dick Grayson, he brings that. Uh, I don't know if you played as uh, Nightwing in the Arkham City DM- yep. DLC. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you know how in that game he, you could tell that he used to be a circus performer just from the way he moved and yes. the way he leapt around. Yeah. That that also gets an upgrade because he's on his. He's basically beating up thugs with break dancing in the trailer. Oh, so cool! And, oh my God! Yes, it's so great. And then um. Then there's Red Hood, which at first it threw me off because he's using he's shooting people with guns, and I'm like, what the actual shit? Do I do? Why, how did Bat? How did this guy get Batman's approval? But turns out that uh, in the comics he apparently uses rubber bullets as a compromise. And uh, what my cousin Black Belt is speculating is that he's just using like lasers that just knock the opponents out. Oh, all right. So, it, so yeah, you've got something that's like all guns akimbo and for. In a Batman game, if that's your if 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 you want it, because playing as Batman is good, but sometimes you just want to go guns akimbo, you know. No, it's it's a great idea. Like, and I, oh. I peep the reactions have been incredible. I'm just, I'm, it's great to hear it discussed. And I, I don't know how I missed watching the trailer. Now I'm talking about it because I was right on top of all the fandom stuff, but I probably I, just got too caught up in uh in the uh, other stuff. Hmm. But yeah, uh, I liked it. Well, since I since that conversation was a little short, I'll, I'll I will I will say that I liked it a lot better than the Suicide Squad trailer game trailer. Yeah, that, that game doesn't look good. Yeah, it. I did watch that got, one. It's unfortunate, but that yeah, game doesn't got, look good. Yeah, we got, got no gameplay footage, which is a horrible sign. Yeah, it's not a good sign. So then th- there's a couple other things. It was cool to see The Rock do his little Black Adam thing. That was cool. I mean, we see nothing yes. of what's going on, but that's really but, cool. Oh, I'm ha- my God. I- I'm happy yeah. for him. His little speech that he does during it is badass. Like, you can just tell so he's so happy. Awesome. <sighs> but oh, then, that, oh my God. That, then that brings us to, I think, a thing that's an 
even bigger dividing line than the Snyder cut. Cause I think the Snyder cut gets a lot of people that are either exhausted by it are either so excited about it that they're, there's just not going to hate it no matter what it is. And then people like you and me that are, you know, cautiously optimistic, I guess would be the word. And just bracing ourselves for a miraculous train wreck. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And, and maybe. again, I, I'm a, I'm a serial optimist. So I want, I want anybody to make something good. You know what I mean? That that's I, just I, how I look at it, yeah. but mm-hmm. I'm really excited and feel like, you know, we've been talking a lot about Batman and what makes Batman good and what makes Batman bad and all this and talking about fandom. But I gotta say, I think that that, um, the Batman looks great. Wow. How did I completely forget about that one? That was my favorite trailer of the show. And and again, I get, I guess it's kind of like my feelings with the Nolan Batman movies. Like there's people that outright hate them. Mm-hmm. That like, and my, my, my brother is a guy, he's just so exhausted by this look for Batman and, and I yeah. will give him, yeah. and I, and I will give him that it definitely yeah. does. It isn't too much of a step away from what Nolan did, but I like it because it's kind of a blurred line between Burton's more goth, gothic Batman look mm-hmm. and what Chris Nolan was doing. And I think yeah. Pattinson just looks fucking badass looks fantastic like and i'm so happy (laughs) he looks so much better like even better than the test footage that we got at the front which of course it's the test footage is just that test footage i'm I'm not gonna i don't put too much stock in that ever since (laughs) remember the the witcher promo that netflix did back in the day where it was yeah which (laughs) yeah and he ended up looking (laughs) henry cable looked ended up looking great in the final product too but yes he did yeah we got this we got um and oh my gosh shout out to the makeup team for making colin farrell unrecognizable unbelievable and that's the thing is it's like you know and again i i i don't want to shit on me me and my brother have had conversations about this and we got to do a tangent and we got to have a tangent about it i don't disagree with anything he's saying i just i don't think it makes it look bad like to me moving back towards the like crime drama realism that Nolan had, but also with its own unique look, like it kind of looks like the crow to me is what yes. it looks like. And yes, like that's like a late 80 look for Batman. Yeah. Like late eighties, early nineties horror. That's the vibe that I yeah. got. Well, Cause my God, that logo and the music, that, that oh, musical cue with the so black good. and red. It's just and, like, and again, so, so I don't, I don't buy into the, this looks tired. Look, I do buy into the, I'd like to see, I would love to see. I mean, when Chris Nolan first said he was doing Batman, he said he was going to have him in the red tight, uh, the blue tights. You know, he mm-hmm. did say that, and then he and then he chickened out. That would have been really cool. Um, yeah. But but you know, I gotta say, this suit looks super unique. I love yeah. that it, it. I love that it dials into like the 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 bat hood looks like a freaking homemade leather daddy hood. Like it looks like Batman has a little bit of a weird kink, which makes a lot of sense when you think of a rich guy that would want to dress up like a freaking bat. So to me, that makes a lot of goddamn sense. That's a cool attention to detail yeah, in the yeah. costume. I think the costume looks badass. You know what it reminds me of? It remind it reminds me of uh, early Netflix Daredevil, like, you know, yeah. where he's just got that, where he's got that black, uh, that black thing with the ropes around his uh, wrists and the just the bandana around his head. It really nails the um, 
the fact the point that they're trying to drive home that this is an inexperienced uh, Batman that he's and, just starting out and finding and himself. And that's the yeah. other thing. Not a single digital effect in the trailer. And that's nope. really important to me because mm-hmm. I've always I've always felt that that caters to Batman better. And again, this is no mm-hmm. this is not a slate to Snyder. It's just if you put you know Batfleck climbing around and you know up up in the rafters, which is still yeah. a cool, scary look for Batman against uh-huh. anything Pattinson does in this trailer. I'll take what yeah. the stuff from this trailer all day long, and I love the Batmobile, and I won't let anyone argue. Yes, Batmobile plus, is how... renovated muscle car is so bad, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what it would be. Which is. Yeah, renovated muscle car is what you would expect a douchey billionaire to make as his first superhero car. Yeah, you know, no, I, I think he's not going to be thinking about pra- yeah, he's not going to be thinking about practicality when he first starts out because he's a he's he's closer to my age and he's basically has a new toy. Now, if Matt Reeves yeah. has proven anything, and mm-hmm. the reason I wanted to get to Batman is I wanted to talk about Matt Reeves for a minute because go ahead. There's this big thing. And now are you are you familiar with Matt Reeves filmography? I'm actually not. So this All is right. going to be fun for me. So, so so Matt Reeves, he is this weird, you know how we get a lot of like um journeyman directors the like, you know, they you look back through their career and go holy crap, like they've nailed like everything they've done, but they've never like gotten like a Spielberg or a Kubrick or someone like that level thing. Reeves, gotcha, gotcha. Reeves has one of these things. It's kind of similar to the the guy that made the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, mm-hmm. The guy is a director for hire that just has a really good visual style and can bang things out and has a misstep every once in a while. The right. difference is Reeves hasn't had a misstep. And that's what amazes me. And he's done nothing but make stuff that shouldn't be good. And that's why I'm really excited to see. And there's where the trust Matt Reeves thing is coming from when people gotcha, found out that gotcha. he was going to be making this. So let, let's let's talk. What did Matt Reeves direct? Matt Reeves was J.J. Abrams hire out of nowhere to direct Cloverfield. Okay. That was I not, actually really like Cloverfield. Yes, that so. was not a J.J. Abrams film, no matter what anybody says. Matt Reeves cut his directing teeth on fucking Cloverfield. What did Matt Reeves do next? Matt Reeves remade Let the Right One In. Oh. Okay. Right? Have you seen his remake of Let the Right One In? It's incredible. I haven't even seen the original, but so, yeah, I've heard, So Let, I've let the Right One In is one of it. is one of the most devastatingly beautiful vampire movies ever made because they made the vampires children and it oh. just it's just it's it's a it's a little girl vampire whose familiar is getting a little too old and weak to keep doing the job. So she needs to find a new familiar. So it's this little kids befriending each other's story. But you realize that the sad part of it is that she's just building up this little kid to become her new familiar. It's really heartbreaking and it's just wonderful. And Chloe Grace Moretz right Mm -hmm. off of Mm -hmm. kick ass. Mm Mm-hmm plays the little girl vampire in Matt Reeves version and and it's insane now again it it, this was a sacrilegious thing to do you don't remake let the right one in what he did was he did what um I I, read the Gore Verbinski did with the ring Mm -hmm. remember the ring is a re again remaking J-horror shouldn't work the guy nailed it 
he mm-hmm. nailed it because he got what made the original good, but made it work for American audiences. For American so yep. what 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 this movie did is it did a nearly shot for shot remake, but it adapted the book almost directly. So he had some added flourishes that the original movie cut out that he said, okay, if I'm going to remake this, I want to make it a companion piece. I want to make it almost be like, okay, we just took the movie and gave it an English dub, you know, like is almost. So it's just, it had such a respect and attention to detail, but a style all its own. But I will, I will describe one thing and I won't tell you where this takes place in the movie because I don't want to blow it. It's a big set piece in the movie, but I won't blow where it happens. But there's this brilliant scene where Mm -hmm. the little boy who this, has befriended this vampire girl is being bullied by a bunch of kids at a pool. He's kind of an ornery little scrawny kid and he doesn't want to go swimming and Uh. they hold him under the water and they're trying to drown him. Now Mm -hmm. the shot in this scene is his perspective, like the camera just on his face being held under the water. Uh The kids that are holding him under the water are subdued, but by the girl vampire, but you never see the camera never pulls out of the pool. So you see the one arm kind of gets ripped up out of the water and you see his feet hit the water and he gets dragged across and then a bunch of blood spills in the water. And then the other kid, the arm lets go the tension and you see it's a severed arm and it drops down behind the kid. Now he did this scene shot for shot exactly how it was in the original. It is beautiful, but he added one incredible thing that I mm-hmm. feel elevates it past anything the original did. Cause there's almost no effects in either movie. There's a couple of kind of crappy CGI things in the remake that I'll just let go because they're <laughs> used sparingly. Right. But this right. scene, they added one thing when the kid pulls himself up out of the pool and you've realized the girl has basically just flown through the air and dragged this kid across the water, but you never see it. You mm-hmm. hear wings flapping before oh. she comes into the frame. And it is the coolest damn added little effect. Like, did she just transform from a bat? Because they never they never do the detail of does she turn into a bat, does this. But he added that, and it was just such a brilliant little thing. So you get those two things. Then what else did Matt Reeves do? He made Dawn and War for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! The, That's what Matt Reeves the, has been the, doing. The second the and most third... under <laughs> the most underrated action trilogy in recent memory. Yeah, he didn't do the first one. The first one was oh. basically directed by Weta, like ah, that. Okay. Is, but then he was brought in because they're like, okay, we have an emotional arc we need to hit here, and they brought him in to do the second and third one, and he nailed them, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he absolutely did. And I, so yeah. and so he did those movies, and then what, what does Matt Reeves do? He he comes in and goes, oh, Ben Affleck dropped out of his Batman movie? I'll make that. And <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, what? And then he goes, and I'm going to hire Robert Pattinson. What? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so it's 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 really interesting. So that's that's why I think no like they again that's kind of thing they could have shown me something that looked like total garbage which i don't think it does i think it looks great and i yeah. trust that he's made uh, i think he's made a much different movie than the trailers are even showing us like this guy is a very surprising director you yeah, know what that's I mean? true because apparently the riddler is supposed to be the villain in this yes. and i did not get any ri- i did not get any riddler vibes from this until the final shot but the question yes. marks yes 
<laughs> and um and yeah, what and what's his name is the penguin and oh uh, just it's oh, just, yeah, Carl Farrell's penguin. And Catwoman. Yeah. Rookie, rookie Catwoman is in this one too. We're oh. speaking of uh, weird kings, like it's gonna be uh, interesting to that's gonna be interesting to see how that how the dynamic with Selena Kyle plays out. No, it, it's gonna be fascinating. And and oh. that's I mean, I just think it looks like a great movie. And me I and, and it makes me excited. Some people are totally burnt out on Batman, I get it, but it Which makes fair. Me, yeah. But it makes me excited. And I really hope that we don't have to see the backstory again. Like I know it's the minute in, I see pearls, I'm walking out of theater. No, no, but I <laughs> I know that and that's what made me totally check out on Joker is I went, okay, I'm kind of digging this, but oh, do the Wayne family really have to be in this? Oh, because he he was, you know, the director said we're not gonna do that. We're not it's not gonna have anything to do with Batman. And then not only did it have something to do with Batman, you did his fucking origin story again. I don't need to see this. Yeah. And so did you hear about how the origin story is tied into this? Uh, um, into the Batman or Joker? Into the Batman. Oh no, no, no. Uh, oh, you, so you wanted um, to, so this I, this came I, out in like the I, first wait, wait, press wait, release. Wait, 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 wait. I think it was the uh, he uses the gun that was that killed his parents as this chess piece. Yes, yeah. I think that's awesome. Yes. and I hope that's the only mention of it in the whole damn movie. I hope they basically do. Um, you know, uh, like eventually you got to stop doing this origin story. So have it be his origin story, Mm -hmm. but don't make me go through a half an hour of having to see it again. Like that, that's what I really, you know, have it maybe like, maybe like have Selena Kyle touch the chess piece and ask him and have him have a quick flash of the pearls flying in his head. You can do something like that, but don't give me the whole scene again. I don't need it. I've Mm -hmm. seen it too many damn times. (laughs) Let Thomas and Martha rest. Yeah, they are tired. I loved, I loved everything um, the Lego Batman movie did with that. By the way, just oh, hanging out here with yeah. the family. It's perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And the picture is of them in Crime Alley, like about to get shot. It's like Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this is terrible. <laughs> and then Teen Titans Go saw that and oh, said, "Hold God, my beer." So good. Anyway, yeah, so so we've been going on for a bit. Oh, and then this Wonder Woman 84, which just looks delightful. Well, yeah, that it, it, <laughs> I was already sold from the first trailer. That one was just like, okay, I'm already sold. I, 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 yeah, Chitara looks great. Patty, Patty Jenkins was just like, yeah, you, you know, me and Taika Waititi were very similar. And um, <laughs> we just we just compared notes. And so we realized that I basically did what he did with Thor Ragnarok. So I'm just going to do more of that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so that's um, you know, I, because I need to sleep, but this has been a joy, and I would love to have you on any time, and I would love to come on your show. Um, I want to give you a chance to shout out and plug your show again, or say whatever you want to say to close us out. All right. So, um, yeah, my name is Paresh Maharaj, and you can hear me on the podcast of Busted Limes, available wherever, where, anywhere you find your podcast. Um. We our release schedule is uh whenever I get time because I have a day job. Yay, <laughs> me too. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And um yeah. Uh well, just to close it out, uh black lives still matter. Very much. They matter every day and people are still protesting just because the damn news doesn't tell you. Right. Jesus Christ. Is 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 as if we needed to, ugh. Oh, that's a whole nother yeah. big mess. But <laughs> yeah, um, 
black black lives still matter um and uh please and, vote um, just, please vote just, yes vote 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 mm-hmm. vote yes but uh just so uh we don't uh but regardless of how things turn out um don't be afraid to carve out your own little pockets of happiness yes and that's what this is all about pockets of happiness um thank you parish for shooting the shit with chippa Oh, I will shoot the shit with you anytime, Mr. Chicken. And, and thank you all for listening. Um, and please have a good night, everybody.